Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Willie Nelson. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. And at the airport in Milwaukee, they refused to let us board the plane at all. They said we look suspicious, but I believe they like to pick on me and Paul. Lone star belt buckles and old faded Levi's And each night begins a new day If you don't understand him, he don't die young He'll probably just ride away You look like the devil in the morning Well, he rode in blue rock Dusty and tired, and he got in room for the night. And he lay there in silence with too much on his mind. Still hoping that he was not right. But he found them that evening at a tavern. In a quiet little out of the way place And they smiled at each other when he walked through the door And they died with their smiles on their faces They died with a smile on their face Don't boss him, don't cross him He's wild in his sorrow He's riding and hiding his pain Don't fight him, don't spite him Just wait till tomorrow Maybe he'll ride on again We are here today to talk about Willie Nelson. Between 1962 and 2018, he has put out 72 studio albums, 10 live albums, 37 compilations, 2 soundtracks, and 27 collaborations. So why do I like Willie? Well, first of all, he's a complete rebel. The dude smoked pot on the White House roof. He's the only cool country artist I can think of, aside from maybe the other outlaw artist, which I'll talk about. But no one is cooler. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. And if anyone don't like it, just look up in the eye. I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Now you won't see no sad and teary eye. When I get my wings and it's my time to fly. Call my friends and tell them there's a party come on by. Now just roll me up and smoke me when I die. He's friends with Snoop Dogg. I heard the story. I want you to tell me that this is true or what. Maybe I just dreamt it. But I heard that you and Willie Nelson went to Amsterdam together. Yes, it was a... Uh... How did the world not explode? I don't understand. <laughs> it, was, it was secretive the way it happened. He had a concert out there. 
and I was in this hotel room. We was playing dominoes and enjoying life. Yes. After enjoying life, we... we... <laughs> <laughs> what did you do after you enjoyed life? We developed a hunger. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, so, you got a little hungry, yeah. Yeah, so naturally, we wanted to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is one of our favorite spots. Here's and mine. So we pull up in the drive-thru, you know, you we You and Willie Nelson pull up in the drive-thru. We're in the, the drive-thru. <laughs> best thing I've ever heard in my lifetime. So we pull up and we order in the chicken, they give it to us, and when they give it to us, they hand us the big bucket. We take the top off and we both put our hand in at the same time, and we grab the same piece of chicken at the same damn time. <laughs> and I said, you know what, Willie? That's yours. Go ahead, take that, dog. <laughs> yeah, see? And he's a big fan of Batman. Also, you probably didn't know this, but he's a fifth-degree black belt in Kwondo Yusol. He's a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Bet you didn't know that shit. I could tell the moment that I saw him He was nothing but the troublemaking kind His hair was much too long And his motley group of friends Nothing but rebellion on their minds. He's been arrested five times. Once in 1974, once in 1977, 1994, 2006 with mushrooms, and 2010. And then he became a big advocate for the teapot party, whose motto is tax it, regulate it. And I believe he's also invested heavily in legal marijuana in Colorado. When you hear that song, That comes crying like the wind Seems like all this life It's just a dream four times, fathered seven children. His first wife regularly assaulted him and even sewed him up in a bed sheet while he slept and then she beat him with a broom when he woke up. Still better than my ex. I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling so blue I knew that you'd love me as long as you wanted And then someday Somebody. 
He quite possibly has more awards, medals, and letters than any other pothead, and he's recognized as an American icon. On this we can all agree, whether you like his music or not. I knew someday that you would fly away For love's the greatest healer to be found So Willie was born in the Depression, hard times growing up, wrote his first song at 7, and joined his first band at 10. He worked as a DJ as a young man, and he was clean cut, wore suits, and said yes man. In the late 50s, early 60s, he started writing songs including Funny How the Time Slips Away, How's Your New Love, I Hope That He's Doing Fine. I heard you told him that you'd love him till the end of time. Now that's the same thing that you told me. It seems like just the other day. Gee, ain't it funny how time slips away I gotta go now I guess I'll see you around I don't know when though never know when I'll be back in town But remember what I tell you That in time you're gonna pay And it's surprising how time slips away Hello Walls, Pretty Paper, and Crazy, which Patsy Cline made the biggest jukebox hit of all time. songs became standards. In 1960, he moved to Nashville. 
he would hang out at uh, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and play, which is right down the road from the Grand Old Opry, and I've been there. Pretty funky place. It is, of course, a big tourist spot now. But if you go down on the Strip there in Nashville, it's very interesting. There are artists playing damn near 24-7. We went down there at like 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or something, and the bars are open, and there were people in there playing to virtually no one. And good. They were really good. It was a damn shame to see them playing to nobody, but that's what Nashville's all about. I grew up dreaming of being a cowboy and loving the cowboy ways. Pursuing the life of my high-riding heroes. I burned up my childhood days. Learned all the rules of a modern day drifter. Don't you hold on to nothing too long. Just take what you need from the ladies that leave them with the words of a sad country song. My heroes have always been cowboys. Still are, it seems, sadly in search of one step and back of themselves and their slow-moving dreams. So Willie had some success, but he was uncomfortable and not too happy with Nashville machine and what I mean by that is we're talking uh, same session guys, same producers, same studios, just the same way of working in general. And so he got sick of it and he retired in 1972 in Austin. And that's retired with quotation mark. But when he got to Austin, it became a hotbed of, of new music. And he joined in. He started growing his hair, smoking pot, hanging out with kind of the redneck hippie faction, which was a new thing. And this was the start of the outlaw country movement, where... He was able to do what he wanted to do outside the Nashville organizations. Shotgun Willie sits around in his underwear Biting on a bullet, pulling out all of his hair Shotgun Willie's got all of his family there The outlaw country movement was a subgenre, and it came in the late 60s as a reaction to the conservative restrictions of Nashville, overly conservative politics, narrow-minded thinking. And I remember even for me, seeing rednecks with long hair was kind of wild. You know, when I would see uh, Willie on TV, he did not look like Porter Wagner. That intrigued me a lot. I want to know the story behind I'll Never Smoke Weed with Willie Nelson again. You want the truth? Can we say it on here? So anyway, we sit down and he rolls one up and it's just me and him sitting there. So we burned one, and I couldn't even function. I mean, it was like the most hardcore weed that I'd ever smoked. And unlike Bill Clinton, I did inhale. Phases and stages, circles and cycles, and scenes that we've all seen before. Let me tell you some more. Washing the dishes 
scrubbing the floors, caring for someone who don't care anymore. Learning to hate all the things that she wants love to do. Like washing the shirts and never complaining, except of red stains on the collar. Ironing and crying, crying and ironing, caring for someone who don't care. Someday she'll just walk away. So he got started in this new image. He released Shotgun Willie, started to build sort of a cult following. Then he released an album called Phases and Stages, which is similar to Marvin Gaye's Here, My Dear. It's a concept album about his divorce. And on one side of the record is the man's side, and on the other side of the record is the woman's side, having this sort of conversation and reaction to each other. Phases and Stages Circles and cycles and scenes that we've all seen before. Let me tell you some more. And he helped start the long-running series on PBS, Austin City Limits, which of course now is a huge deal. But he loved the fact that it was real low budget, it had cheap production values, it was not slick, and it was kind of on the fly. He really loved that and is the first artist to be on the show. time of the preacher when the story began of the choice of a lady and the love of a man how he loved her so dearly He went out of his mind When she left him for someone That she left behind He cried like a baby He screamed like a panther In the middle of the night Saddle his pony and he went for a ride It was a time with the preacher In the year of old one Now the preaching is over And the lesson's begun so this is about the time I came on board. Redheaded Stranger came out in 1975, and it's a concept uh, about an old cowboy whose wife leaves him 
and then he goes and kills her and her new boyfriend. I think some other people get shot along the way. But what was um, interesting to me was when I heard this record, I was just getting into the idea of concept albums. And that was primarily you know, Pink Floyd. But a concept album is where you're kind of telling a story throughout the length of the album. And Redheaded Stranger just flows really nice. My friend Hunter thinks it's the best concept album ever made. But he could not forgive her Though he tried and tried and tried And the halls of his memory Still echo her lies He cried like a baby And he screamed like a panther In the middle of the night And he saddled his pony And he went for a ride In the year of one Now the lesson is over And the killing's begun And I remember when my dad had it. It had a gatefold sleeve. It had really interesting drawings where he was the redheaded stranger, of course. Yellow-haired lady came down to the tavern And looked up the stranger there he bought her a drink and he gave her some money He just didn't seem to care She followed him out as he saddled his stallion And laughed as she grabbed at the bay He shot her so quick they had no time to warn her She never heard anyone say Don't cross him, don't boss him He's wild in his sorrow, he's riding, hiding his pain. Don't fight him, don't spite him, just wait till tomorrow. Maybe he'll ride on again. A yellow-haired lady was buried at sunset. The stranger went free, of course, for you can't hang a man. Killing a woman is trying to steal your horse. This is the tale of the red-headed stranger, and if he should pass your way, stay out of the path of the raging black stallion and don't lay a hand on the bay. But I noticed how stripped down it was compared to the big orchestration and stuff that was going on in country music. And I noticed his voice. I believed him when he sang. In twilight glow I see Blue eyes cry and rain When we kissed goodbye and part I knew we'd never meet again Love is like a 
dying in and only memories remain and through the ages I'll remember blue eyes crying in the rain and then I would look and I would see unlike almost every country record that my dad would have he wrote the songs. That was pretty rare. Can I sleep in your arms tonight, lady? It's so cold lying here all alone. And I have no I hated country music, and my dad was just playing it, and so I was looking at the album cover and then listening. I started to really enjoy the guitar sound. He has this old guitar, and it in itself is a story. guitar he has, and the guitar you've seen him with all these years, is named Trigger. He named it after Roy Rogers' horse. It's a Martin N20 classical made of Brazilian redwood, and it cost him $750 when he bought it back in late 60s, early 70s. He based a lot of his playing on Django Reinhardt, and you might have heard me talk about Django with Tony Iommi, so Django is really influential to artists across the spectrum. So Willie asked that the man who bought the guitar from to put in a pickup. And Willie says that at that time, no acoustic classical guitar had been successfully amplified with the pickup. So this guitar is old as shit. It still has some burn marks from where he rescued it from a fire. And all the strumming he's done over the years with the flat pick has worn a hole under the strings. He's had all of his friends sign it, so it's got hundreds of uh, signatures on it. And I would imagine that alone would make it incredibly valuable. And... He had a problem with the IRS, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But during that time, he had that guitar flown to Hawaii and hidden. And he says, if Trigger goes, I'll quit. There's even a documentary about it. And Martin Guitars produced a limited edition version that was supposed to replicate it. But it probably doesn't have the fire scorches and a hole. And that documentary is called Mastering the Craft. And Willie's quote is, we're both pretty old, got a few scars here and there, but we still managed to make a sound. So back to the the tax problem. In 1977, he found out his manager was filing tax extensions, but not actually paying taxes to the IRS. So he fired him. The problem was that in 1990, it all caught up with him and his assets were seized by the IRS. And they said he owed them $32 million.
Now, along the way, he had gotten some advice from Price Waterhouse, this gigantuous firm who should know better. And he said they put his money into illegal tax shelters, and he had to sue them. But his assets were seized and were being sold in auction, and many of his friends and family would go and bid and get back certain items and then give them back to Willie because they knew he would pay them back. He refused to declare bankruptcy, even though he felt like the problems occurred from his management. He took full responsibility, and he didn't want to hurt people that he owed money to. So he toured extensively to make the money back. And he put an album out called The IRS Tapes. I don't suppose you'll be unhappy You'll find ways to spend your time but if you ever think about me And if I ever cross your mind Just pretend I never happened And erase me from your mind You will not want to remember Any love as cold as mine you will not want to remember any love as cold as mine. So he just kept working, touring, release albums. He started appearing on other artists' albums, like Ringo Starr and Johnny Cash. And eventually he repaid his debt. He worked it out with the IRS. If you've got the money, honey, I've got the time. We'll go honky-tonkin' and we'll have a time. We'll have more fun, baby. He, he formed the Highwaymen with Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings. That would be a show to go see. You were always on my mind. You were always on my did a reggae album. It's not very good. It's not terrible. It's called Countryman. The sun just went behind the cloud. There's darkness all around me now. I've just destroyed the world I'm living in. I broke her heart so many times. Now at last I've broken mine And I've just destroyed the world I'm living in Non-reggae artists should really stay away from that genre. It's just not a good fit, even if you do smoke enough dope to hang with the Rastas. So as sure as the sun will shine I'm gonna get my share now of what's mine The harder they come the harder they fall, one and all. The harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. He also does these low-key, low-budget gospel albums with family. And then what was interesting, in 2007, he played with Wynton Marsalis at the Lincoln Center. And that album was released from that, was called Two Men and the Booze. 
And I believe the story is that Winton was supposed to do the show with Ray Charles, I think. And then when Ray couldn't do it, somehow Willie got in the mix. So I don't know if Winton and Willie knew each other then, but it's, it's a really neat thing. I would have loved to have seen that show. goes down You're gonna find me hanging around A nightlife ain't no good life But it's my life in Austin, Texas, they renamed 2nd Street to Willie Nelson Boulevard, and they unveiled this life-size statue to honor him in front of Austin City Limits. And the statue was unveiled on April 20th, 2012. So that's 420 for all of you drug fiends. Stardust melody, the memory of love's refrain. One of the other albums that I really like, uncharacteristically, is called Stardust. That was also a huge hit, and that was one of the first albums I know of where a major artist stepped outside of his typical songwriting to do an album of standards. You 
these precious days I'll spend with you these precious days I'll spend with you So these are songs that Frank Sinatra would do. And it doesn't sound good, me explaining it to you, but if you hear it, it's gorgeous. He really does it, and he really brings life back to that, and I think set the pace for several artists to do that down the road, including, you know, Rod Stewart. Georgia, Georgia, a song of you comes sweet and clear. As moonlight through the pines Other arms reach out to me Other eyes smile tenderly Still in peaceful dreams I see the road leads back to you. So give old Willie a try. He's so much more than the caricature that most people know him with. The man's really a kind person from all accounts, and he's just very chill, but he has a lovely voice, and his guitar playing is fantastic, and the sound of that guitar, you know, that tone can't be replicated, and it is one with his voice. Just a singularly important American artist that maybe you should look into if this is not your usual wheelhouse. Peace. She is gone, but she was here, and her presence is still heavy in the air. Oh, what a taste of human love. Now she's gone, and it don't matter anymore. has been produced by Donnie Shattuck. You know, we went down to Baton Rouge to shoot the film. So uh, Willie said to me, he goes, come on over to the bus and let's get hungry. And I was like, I'm about to get high with Willie Nelson. So I said, <laughs> I said, hey, hey, Willie, I just got to tell you, I was a pretty big pot smoker in college. And he goes, all right. You know, we're let in and we go to the back of the bus. It's all already filled with smoke. And so Willie puts out the joint, he starts rolling a new joint, right? And he rolls them so fast, they're like rolled and they're lit in your mouth in like 15 seconds. And wow. they're perfect. So we're smoking this joint, and there's Willie rolling a second joint. And I'm like, all right, two joints, four guys, right? That's where it's at, right? We're smoking that joint. And I'm like, quickly too fucked up. <laughs> like, my mouth is dry, I'm dizzy, I'm like kind of leaning against the thing. And, and, and so there's Willie rolling a third joint. And I'm like kind of having a little trouble because my mouth is so dry. I'm like, 
hey Willie, you got a you got a beer or something? And he goes, I don't keep beer on the bus because it leads to darkness. <laughs> And I was like, okay, dude. And I'm like, everyone's laughing, and I'm just sending the joints by my mouth. I'm not even smoking them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Just definitely. mime smoking definitely, at this definitely. point. There's Willie rolling a fourth joint. And I'm like, oh, no. Right, so now I'm holding two joints. Willie's holding two, and everyone's stopped, and they're looking at me because I'm the log jam. And I can't do my little trick, so I just pass the joints. And Willie goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. And he goes, say I submit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I submit. He goes, big fucking smoker. 